Hello guys and welcome to episode number 12 of Crooked Illness. Today my guest is Luke Cucarulo. Luke is a fellow podcaster who has a civil engineering background, owned a speed dating company, and was on reality TV. Today we're going to discuss the ancillary effect of sexual assault and mental health. The more we talk about these slightly taboo to- topics, the more we can work to fix the problems surrounding and causing them. So thank you, Luke, for being here today to talk about this. Oh, thank you so much for having yeah, me Yeah, of course. So, you know, with that being said, let's jump right into the first question here. So um, we we talked last time you mentioned to me um, that you had a close call with sexual assault when you were younger. Can you explain mm-hmm. what that situation was like? Um, so this was something I had regressed or suppressed for Mm -hmm. a while uh, until I went to therapy. Something happened when I was a child. My uh, parents were divorced and uh, one of them lived in North Jersey. My father and my mother lived kind of at the Jersey Shore. (laughs) So we were several hours away. uh, Maybe two. Hour and a half, two hours. Um, And I was a a weekend I was visiting my father and uh, we were up at Nork Station um, and he was sending me home on a Okay. Uh, and I went to the bathroom alone uh, I was too young to be riding the bus alone mm-hmm. but like almost old enough so I, I think I was like maybe 12 or 11 or mm-hmm. something like that um, yeah and I just uh, remember somebody like uh, you know checking out my, my penis at, at the urinal oh. and you know it's it's something you don't realize what's happening when mm-hmm. you're a child um, but you have those kind of like spidey like spider senses mm-hmm. like you're your brain is like this is wrong. yeah and you don't know why it's wrong but uh you know it's wrong so i remember like running out of the bathroom uh, as mm-hmm. a child and kind of trying to find my dad in the bus uh, that i need to be on and i remember him following me and it was like i was just running through uh the train station mm-hmm. or the bus station as, as a child uh until i got on my bus basically and got got out of that uh the train yeah. station but it was it was something I totally forgot about until it kind of came up later in therapy. It was like a, a memory I, I had repressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember telling my mom about it. And she was like, oh, why did you not tell me at the time? And I remember because my parents were mm-hmm. divorced. That, uh, and they were already fighting over me taking the train back or taking the bus mm-hmm. back. Um, so I didn't tell my mom because I didn't want her to get madder at my mm-hmm. dad. Uh, for like two things instead of just yeah. one thing. So it was uh, a weird like self-preservation of my parents' non-existent relationship. Like, yeah. You know I mean? uh, and uh, something that I knew was wrong but didn't really register until a little later in life uh, what actually had happened. Yeah. Well, because you're talking about the fact that you were pre- you repressed all that and you didn't remember it until like... There- I, I, I remembered it like when I was in high school I think but like until my it was something I totally forgot like had just pushed to the back of my mind Mm -hmm. um, until I had talked about it in therapy and it came up and it was like one of those light bulb on Mm -hmm. moments and you were like wow I I totally forgot that this had happened uh, when I was a child yeah because that's I mean that's that's really common too is something that I've I've actually learned is that a lot of people um, me even being one of them who actually have gone through that like some form of sexual assault will, you know, and everyone deals with it differently. Like everybody handles things like that differently. You know, some people, some people are okay with talking about it right away and other people aren't. So I feel like 
you know, when you're talking about, you know, especially being so young when you were, you know, a kid, mm-hmm. you know, just on the trying to go back and forth um, and just just trying to deal with that, you know, especially being so young, you don't know really what to do. Mm-hmm. So and then you were saying, too, that you didn't really want to tell your mom because they were already fighting about other stuff and you didn't want to have, you know, you didn't want to basically kind of add something else for them to be fighting about is kind of yeah, what correct. it seems like. But I mean, I mean, if you had to pick, um, you know, like the most important piece of information about mental health that you could share with other people, what would that be? Um, I think the most important piece uh, of information just talking even with sexual assault as well uh, but with mental health and well-being is just to not be afraid to discuss it i think everyone is very shy and it's a very taboo subject especially with males um and i think people need to talk about it more i I think that people just push it down inside and and kind of cover it up and harbor it up like i did as a child Mm -hmm. you know and like i do now still if i'm having tough week or something I, I won't tell anybody about it and I have to get better at communicating with it so it one it helps you realize that you're not alone because especially with like becoming uh, depressed or anything mm-hmm. um, that you're not alone and that there are other people that are willing to help you I, I know sometimes when you're in bed and you have a day where the blinds are drawn and you don't get out of bed all day and it you feel like you're alone and you feel like nobody's with you mm-hmm. but you know, if you look at your phone, you have three missed calls from your family or something like it's, yeah. it's just a mindset you put yourself mm-hmm. in where you feel alone, even though that's not the actual reality. Yeah. Um, I know for my personal situation, um, other people may have different situations, but there is always somebody that is willing to talk to you mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah, because I mean, what you said, just like about how it's such a taboo thing that people don't want to just come out and talk about that with you know anyone you know what they're going through um because i feel like that that that's something that um i feel like still a lot of people are learning to accept that's okay you know it's okay you know to talk about and it it doesn't matter how big or how small the issue is you know as long as you're as long as you're able to just talk to somebody about it you know and just say hey you know, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. This is, you know, just being able to get that out there instead of holding it in yourself. Because um, just from my experience, like when I would do that, like when I would not talk about things, that actually made things so much worse because I never, I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't tell anybody. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew anything because I wasn't talking about it. So I feel like when people you know start to realize that they're that they can do that um then that's kind of just that's really kind of just the first step of addressing things and like working towards you know making making a situation that's not good better i feel like oh 100 percent. there's so the situation that happened uh, when i was a child i finally told my mom about it um and she was like more hurt that I didn't tell her about it mm-hmm. earlier and it was just the situation where she said you know it doesn't matter what happens mm-hmm. we'll get through it together and it was just that little bit of reassurance that it doesn't matter what you're going through you have people in your life yeah. that care about you and that are willing to you know help you through the situation and even 
when you're at your kind of, I guess, wit's end and, and think that you're all alone and that there's no one there. I just want to reiterate that there's always somebody there that is willing to talk to you. And if not, there's resources you can reach out to mm-hmm. where someone will willing to talk to you and you're, you're not alone is the biggest point mm-hmm. I want to convey. Yeah, so kind of, you know, when you're talking about the resources that are out there, so for you, like, what have you done to help cope with any of the mental health issues that you've had to deal with? Um, so I uh, actually had a lady from NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, on my podcast, mm-hmm. and I've maintained a very close relationship with her. Uh, she's, I'm in Philadelphia, so she's like the Philadelphia uh, charter, and... Mm-hmm they have a bunch of resources that are very helpful. Uh, I went to like a private practice, um, to, to talk about any situations I was going through. That's very helpful. Mm -hmm. And just like having someone's number too, even that's removed. So, um, I had some psychologist Mm -hmm. just having her number and being able to text her and be like, Hey, this is going on. If I didn't want to talk to someone in my family, because I didn't feel like it was appropriate. Just having another, or even the lady from NAMI, just having their information, just to text them about something and just feel like your feelings are validated mm-hmm. or accepted is very important. Yeah, because I know um, we talked a little bit about this, but like how the fact that therapy is so helpful because I know, I mean, I even talked about this before too, but the but therapy just, I feel like it's, it's not, people don't have such a bad you know connotation with that anymore i feel like it's more accept people are more accepting oh for sure of going yeah like going to therapy because i feel like i feel like you know the majority of people who don't really understand um a lot of stuff about mental health or therapy they feel like you know oh like you're going to be going to therapy because something major is going on in your life but i feel like you can Mm -hmm. go to therapy for anything you know any kind of you know, any kind of thing that you really want to talk about that you feel like you can't do that with anyone close to you. I feel like doing that or going, yeah, to talk to anybody, whether it's a therapist or really anyone, honestly, I mean, who's, who can just listen to you and just, you know, let you talk and let you get out what's going on. And then, um, just kind of help you and like point you in the right direction and give you resources. So I feel like that's always, a good thing but I feel like people now are are more they're more accepting of that and they start people are more understanding you know when someone says oh you know I have I'm going to therapy people people aren't so you know they don't freak out and be, they're like oh what's going on why are you going to therapy you know what's happening but because so many people go now for so many things that it's it's almost it's almost it's it really is you know it's not something that's so taboo anymore i feel like yeah i think uh, our generation or is uh, pushing in the right direction Mm -hmm. to make it less stigmatized yeah because i feel like that's a huge thing because i know you know i had a lot of people before talk talk to me about wanting to go to therapy but then you know they would say they're afraid to go because they've never gone um they don't know what it's like they don't really feel comfortable talking to someone they don't know about things going on in their life and I really understand that because I feel like that was how I felt when I was younger before I went to therapy like I saw it as something more negative than more positive because I never really saw the I really never understood the reason of going you know when I was younger so 
I would also like to add as a caveat that the first therapist you see does not have to be the therapist you stay with. Yeah. Um, that you can shop around mm-hmm. and everyone's not a perfect match. So it's like going to a barber. You yeah. Know? You could go to two barbers and not get, uh, or a hairstylist for you. Uh, you know, you not get the, your hair styled or colored properly. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't get haircuts. It just means that that wasn't the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. So the same with therapists. So whenever I have friends that ask me that have never been to therapy and are interested in going, I tell them to shop around like anything else. So yeah. You don't have to you don't have to stick to your first one or your closest one. Mm-hmm. You should really look around and there's plenty of resources online as well to search like if you are more comfortable in a different language or you're more comfortable with someone from a different religious background. Mm-hmm. There's there's or or racial racially there's like or gender even i know you can you can search by all of those to talk to someone Mm -hmm. that you're most comfortable would be the most comfortable with opening up to because it is hard to open up to someone that you're not feeling connected to i remember Mm -hmm. when i was in college we had basically the lowest of the low you know (laughs) yeah Uh, doing therapy in college they're seeing hundreds of kids they're not really giving it their full effort and that was my first experience and I was like oh this is terrible this doesn't Mm -hmm. help this makes me feel worse I'm not going to do this again so it made me take probably a five-year hiatus from any therapy because I had such a bad experience Mm -hmm. Um, so I just want people to if they have a bad experience initially that that's totally normal and that you should seek out um, another therapist or another means of therapy or something to talk about that way you can find what matches your personality yeah, because I know, I mean, yeah, what you're talking about is, because that, that was my experience as well. I remember the first therapist I went to, um, it just wasn't good. It really wasn't yeah. in that And that experience, like how you were saying you took five years off just because of that. That's what kind of happened to me. Like I, I started to really not, I mean, not want to go. And then when I would go, I felt like I couldn't even really be honest about what was going on in my life because... It just, you know, like you were saying, like it wasn't clicking. Like not everybody mm-hmm. is gonna feel comfortable talking to any therapist. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause I know some, like some people might think that, you know, they might go to therapy one time and they might be like, okay, well, you know, this sucks or this isn't going the way I want it to. And then they'll kind of sit there and be like, well, this must, this must be how all therapy is, you know? So it'll kind of push them away from going ever again because you know of one experience they had that wasn't good um but yeah i think it's important for people you know to realize that you can any anything you want you can go online search for you know everything you said look up if you want a certain gender you want to talk to if you want someone from a certain background or whatever you want you can look Mm -hmm. that up and see if it's a match um but yeah i mean um so kind of okay so what are some of the impacts um that the sexual assault of people close to you has had on your life um so this is i guess a separately topic but do you want to delve into the entire entirety of it I yeah guess. um so yeah <laughs> do i want to it's a more important question uh yeah i guess we'll give the the, the quick run over uh, a couple of years ago we had i had a girlfriend that was sexually assaulted mm-hmm. um and i was there uh, it was a very tough experience. We had uh, went to New York, and mm-hmm. she had been drugged. Um, just like overall, 
yeah very weird because i remember the point in the night where you could see her lights kind of go off mm-hmm. um and she was like take me to the bathroom i took her to the bathroom and she was like throwing up but trying to catch the throw up it was just like very incoherent yeah mental state and it didn't another another thing when you're in the moment you're like what is happening mm-hmm. never seen her like this is she sick from something she ate and it doesn't click till later mm-hmm. um that she was drugged um and then you know i saw it later in life again and you're just like immediately i can identify it now if mm-hmm. someone's in that state that they're they've been they've been drugged so initially um after so it was a like waking up in the middle of the night to her like, screaming basically I had to force my way into a room and get her out of the room dress her and leave uh yeah the premise um so yeah we're basically in new york with nowhere to go on a subway at like 4am and she's just crying um now in that moment i kind of go into like protector mode and mm-hmm. it doesn't become about me because it's it's not about me i'm just trying to keep her safe mm-hmm. and um we were in new york for a concert and she had decided that she wanted to stay for the concert because her family was coming up and didn't tell them did the concert you know complete mess the whole weekend and then didn't get uh a rape kit done until the following monday which i took off work and mm-hmm. took her to do um and they were like it's been too long to get anything and that was that was really yeah. tough to do because initially i think we both were reluctant to believe that it happened mm-hmm. um and then didn't want to take the proper steps to kind of go about it legally um mm-hmm, yeah and she said that that experience of just getting the kit done was one of the most humiliating things ever because mm-hmm. um, they just like clamp you open and swab away and uh, it's very yeah not clinical and we went to like you know maybe not the best facility uh in the area but it was just the closest one um so I guess I was saying initially it became it was very about her. It was just like something that happened to her. Mhm. her journey, but it wasn't until I guess even a couple years later that I was able to realize how much it affected me. Mhm. um being in that situation, being dealing with the after effects of it. Um it was very hard and I never I didn't process it for maybe 2 mm-hmm. years. Um and that was something else i guess you just bury deep down inside and don't really deal with and you know they just come up at weird times and it's very mm-hmm. important to process how you're feeling about a situation even if the situation didn't happen to you yeah mhm yeah cuz i mean yeah with what you're saying is that yeah even if it's not something that happened to you directly but it's someone that you know someone in your mm-hmm. life and you and you know that it happened and you were there and you you were there for this whole thing mm-hmm. um but not really you know like you were saying like you didn't really process it until later yeah uh, yeah not at all kind of the effects of that so what what effects do you think that had on you um because you didn't process it like, um so the way it came out was um i 
was in a situation where someone was drinking heavily and strongly pressuring me to have sex mm-hmm. and just that like drinking incoherent pressuring of trying to have sex uh, I just had like a panic attack um, and mm-hmm. it was it was terrible and I guess yeah. all that all that emotion attached to the event uh, came up at like an inopportune time and it, it, it just it surfaced it surfaced a lot different than I thought it was going to because I didn't think it was going to surface obviously you know because I'm a tough guy and I can handle my emotions but it surfaced in a way I wasn't expecting and at a time I wasn't expecting so okay. I think if I had taken proper steps to discuss it or address it um, it wouldn't have had to force its way out now mm-hmm. I also felt like because she didn't want to talk to about it with her family or talk to about it with anyone or, or mm-hmm. get help for a while that I felt since it wasn't my story to tell that I should do the same as you know kind of ignore it or kind of pretend it didn't happen yeah because it was you know like you're saying with her that she she didn't want to do that yet so you felt you know you know since it's not your yeah happened to you you shouldn't be you know talking about it because she didn't want to at the time but it was still you know you know it ended up affecting both of you guys Mm -hmm. because of that so I mean, you know, with um, so I know we we talked about this a little bit before, but did did you um, did you think that like going to therapy was helpful for this, or did you ever did you ever talk about this in therapy before? Yes. So I I did eventually talk about it. I think about two years later after uh, I kind of had a little panic attack about it, and mm-hmm. similarly. Uh, after you know I talked to my my mom about it about it again my family about it and they you know same response We're like why didn't you just tell us sooner whatever the problem is you know we can get through it together and it's just another time where like hindsight's 2020 you're like yeah I probably should have it would have been a lot easier to deal with everything just to talk to somebody about it instead of keeping it inside all those mm-hmm. years yeah because I know I mean we talked about this too before is when you know, when something happens, not, you know, everyone deals with it differently. So some people, um, you know, some people will talk about it right away. Other people won't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes other, sometimes people feel like they don't want to talk about it because they just, um, you know, you repress it. Like yeah. you were saying, you, you push that away and almost, it almost didn't happen to you because you, you know, you just refuse to accept that reality. Yeah. Yeah, like you're almost you're almost trying to tell yourself that it didn't happen, yeah. um, to, to forget about it or you know move past it or whatever whatever it is to just to kind of not deal with it because you you feel like you're either you're not ready to or you don't want to or you know something like that. But not you know everyone is different. I feel like I've heard that a lot. You know when people you know, talk about things with their family or bring, you know, like how you talk to your mom about that. And she was like, oh, you know, you could have told me sooner. Um, I feel like, you know, like, you know, when people say that, like they, they mean it, you know, they mean, they do mean you, like you're able to come to me and talk about it and I'll be here for you. But um, not everyone feels like they can do it right then at that time, you know? Agreed. 
So, I mean, but it's still, I mean, it's still something that, you know, because everyone deals with, you know, especially when you're talking about sexual assault and mental health. I know we talked about this too, is how, you know, how, how sexual assault and depression are linked. And like for, in your experience, um, what can you say about that? Like with your experiences? Um, I know it was, uh, very hard on my, my, uh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, she just like spiraled after that. And it was, it was very mm-hmm. hard to deal with. Uh, and then same, same with me. I kind of became more of a recluse and withdrew, I would say from, mm-hmm. from my normal life or my normal habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just think it just makes other things seem less important so Mm -hmm. you you tend not to put yourself out there and be in situations as much i i definitely didn't hang out with friends as much or or went out as Mm -hmm. much or, or did did as much as i normally did yeah yeah like you kind of withdraw from things because you feel like um i mean i mean for me that's kind of how you know, when I, when I was in high school, that's kind of what I did. I went from, I remember people would tell me that I went from being, you know, I, I used to be outgoing. I would talk to people. I was happy. I seemed cheerful. And then all of a sudden, you know, I stopped doing things that I used to do. Like I stopped talking to friends that I used to talk to. I just kind of would sit by myself Mm -hmm. and kind of just, you know, stay to myself and people, um, people would notice that but it was it was almost like I didn't really I didn't really care if they did or didn't notice you know I just kind of wanted to be alone and that that kind of comes back to the whole point of repressing things and not talking about them and le- and just letting that sit there and the more you do that you know that kind of leads to the depression that you're talking about you know with your girlfriend with you and you know how all of that you know ended up affecting you guys because you know of not you know not talking about it sooner and not doing that but you know everybody you know everyone's different with stuff like this so it's like you can't you know I mean I know you said too like when you look back on it you're like yeah you know if I did talk about it sooner um it would have been better for me if I did that but you know at that time in your life you didn't you didn't want to do that you know so it's yeah I mean it's it's something that you know everyone handles it differently so but I feel like the more I mean I feel like I just feel like the more that people talk about it and put it out there and um you know just share with people you know how how to get past things like that because I know with you um like what were what are some of the like the positive takeaways that you've had from these experiences uh the positive takeaways are that i think i've been able to develop my communication skills with how i'm feeling and Mm -hmm. been able to use those skills to see if someone else has been in a similar situation and Mm -hmm. kind of reach out to them and and help help them get through a situation um yeah i would say it also makes me more observant of the world I, th- I think just kind of being on a little 
higher alert when you're moving through the world. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it is something that's happened. Yeah, like you're more aware mm-hmm. of things now. You feel like because, you know, because you've had these experiences and you've seen them and you've gone through this and you know people who've also gone through this, you, you just, you know more and you can use that knowledge to help other people who might be going through something similar or something, you know, when, you know, if people come to you and kind of, you know, ask you, you know, how you said with therapy where pe- you had friends yeah. who were asking you about therapy now, because, you know, you've gone to therapy and you've done this, you can tell them like, here's what, you know, here's what worked for me. You know, maybe you can try, try this out and see if it works for you or just kind of like, I mean, or just, just help people. Just connecting like, people with the proper resources has felt yeah felt like it's worth it alone yeah yeah well i mean i mean thank you so much for i mean coming on and doing this because i know this isn't like this isn't like a pot you know positive topic to talk about happy you know topic but i feel like it's it is really important it's still very and important, yes and it's something that i've i've really wanted to talk about for the longest time but i've actually I've never done that. Like I've never talked about sexual assault with people, you know, publicly or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, I feel like it's it's a huge thing that a lot of people aren't that comfortable with and I get it. You know, I get why you know, some people don't want to talk about it, but I feel like, you know, the more we do this, just um it helps more people, you know, who might be going through something and they're listening to this and they're hearing your story and your experiences and what you did um, and what you went through. And they can, you know, hopefully take something away from that and say, you know, they can realize that, you know, there are there's so many resources out there. Yeah, it's just talking about uh, any subject matter will normalize it. Uh, the more you talk about it, mm-hmm. the, the more normal it seems to you i'm just going to transition real quick into a little segue um i so as you said i have a podcast and i have this week is a disability advocate i have on and just initially Mm -hmm. i've had this is the second disabled person i've had on the podcast and initially with the first disabled person i was uncomfortable just talking to her because Mm -hmm. you know of how i hadn't had a lot of experience previously on Mm -hmm. what the proper vernacular is to use for someone in a wheelchair you know just stuff like that so just similar to that it's just important to talk about issues uh and to normalize them and the more experience you have with something the better you are to talk about Mm -hmm. it yeah well yeah i mean thank you so much for coming on but yeah you guys um luke has a podcast as well and it's called Cucarulo conversations mm-hmm. you can find it it's on apple Podcasts and then anywhere else um, yeah anywhere else so you guys should go check out his um podcast listen to his episodes um but yeah i mean i just wanted to say thank you again you know for coming on and talking about this with me and really you know just sharing your story like oh, that no so problem. uh pleasure was mine and if you ever want to have me back on i'm more than welcome yeah of course well hope you guys all enjoyed this episode and Have a great day and thank you so much for listening. And yeah, thank you, Luke, for coming on. No problem. Talk to you later. All right.
Bye.